Takes the tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Greg Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. Welcome into the Week 13 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Kreckman. The matchup is set. The 2022 Mountain West Football Championship game Saturday, December 3rd at Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho, as Boise State will host Fresno State at 2 p.m. Mountain, 1 o'clock Pacific time on Fox. The Broncos, the Mountain Division champions with a 7-0 conference record. They clinched the division title with a 20-17 win at Wyoming in freezing cold Laramie on Saturday night. The Bulldogs locked up the West Division with a convincing 41-14 road win at at Nevada on Saturday as Jake Hayner threw for 361 yards and two touchdowns. It was the sixth win in a row for Fresno State. Jeff Tedford's side 6-1 and one in conference to win the West. Seven bowl-eligible teams now in the Mountain West in 2022. Boise State, Air Force, Wyoming, and Utah State from the Mountain. Fresno State, San Diego State, and San Jose State from the West. Looking back on Week 12... The biggest game of the year and the coldest game of the year was Saturday night in Laramie. Boise State surviving a wild finish to beat Wyoming 20-17, clinching the Mountain Division title and home field advantage in the Mountain West Championship game. Rich Waltz was behind the mic for CBS to call the action on that one. He will also have the call with Aaron Taylor Friday morning on CBS with Boise State now hosting Utah State. Rich joins us right now here on This Week in the Mountain West. Rich, before we get to the game itself from Saturday night. Tell us just how cold was it? <laughs> no frostbite. Um, it was really cold. I mean, it actually was colder on Friday. I think it was the low on Friday was like zero degrees. And then look, it's Laramie. So the wind's always blowing. So wind chills usually 10 to 15 below that. It warmed up on Saturday to some point. I think the uh, opening kickoff was in the low 20s. And then Windchill had it in the single digits. And then as you got to the third, fourth quarter, it was probably down in the teens with Windchill at zero or below. So it was cold. And as you know, if you've traveled the Mountain West, and even some of the Boise State players said it, uh, the cold in Laramie is unlike cold in any other place. So, um, but it was, you know, for, for all of that, it was such an entertaining football game. And, you know, we had the windows wide open in the booth. Uh, Sherry Burris, our sideline announcer, was the one that really had to wear it. You know, she was down there for the whole time. But at the end of the game, though, we were fully thawed because the last two minutes were um, just an incredible seesaw of emotions and plays and just a wild finish. It really was, and I loved you had the call uh, after the interception by Boise to basically end it. You just yelled, what is going on? Uh, It it was a great moment. It was cold. It was physical. Titus Wen runs for 212 for Wyoming. Halani and Genty combined to run for 223 yards for Boise State. Rich, to me, that was Mountain Division football. That's what it's all about when it's championship time in late November. You have to grind out a win. You have to take care of the football. You have to survive those kind of conditions, and that's exactly what Boise State did. Yeah, and they put up bigger offensive numbers you know, on the stat sheet throughout. Wyoming made plays, especially in, in, their, in their own territory defensively in the first half to, to stay in the, in the game, and obviously at the end – just an awful throw and a, a 
awful turnover to, to finish it. Uh, but the running game for Boise State is, is why they are where they are right now. I mean, that's allowed Taylor Green to mature. Dirk Cutter, you know, when he took over as the offensive coordinator, that was one of the first things he did was revamp the running game, use more two tight end sets. Uh, I think that's, that helped the offensive line uh, you know, going forward rather than going backwards in terms of pass protection. That got them on the same page. And then, you know, after those first two games, including, you know, one of those games against a team they're going to see in two weeks, Fresno State, uh, Green didn't, didn't really throw it very much. Um, but he's gotten more and more of the uh, playbook simply because he's a freshman quarterback and hasn't played. And he's, you know, the whole offense changed when, when that, you know, the commitment to the run game, it's allowed the wide receivers to, to blossom. It's allowed Green to blossom. Um, that run game for Boise State uh, against Wyoming is why they are where they are in a position to win a Mountain West championship. As you have watched this Boise State team over the course of the season, Rich, and you talked a lot about that, there was a portion of this season they looked like a long shot at best. As you've talked to Andy Avalos, whether it was bringing in Dirk Cutter, going with Taylor Green at quarterback, how did that staff keep this season afloat and allow these Broncos to play up to their potential? I think, um, you know, they've always had a, a really good defense, uh, you know, this year. The defense was their strength. And we actually called the UTEP game, which is the very bottom for them. Um, I think that the, the, they went back to, in Dirk Cutter's word, do simple better. And, you know, part of simple is a healthy George Halani and, and, like I said, an offensive line that, you know, when you, and I work with Aaron Taylor, and he, this is something he talks about. When you tell an offensive line, we're going to run it, and well, this is how we're going to run it, you know, the offensive linemen like going forward. They like uh, run blocking. And that's the, that's the key component. It made the wide receivers suddenly um, more effective and gave them confidence. Holani has stayed healthy, and that uh, has been big. Ashton Genty is, is the second-best offensive player they've got. And he is a terrific back. So that's the, I think, just having a little bit of success in those first two games um, when Dirk Cutter took over, there was more confidence. Uh, the defense has always been there, but, the, but you know, the offense couldn't, couldn't get the defense. You know, the offense couldn't stay on the field uh, up, up through that UTEP game, which meant more plays for the defense and, so it all, it, it all kind of turned around uh, just by doing simple better. And as they've gone along, they've been able to implement a little more of what we're used to seeing from Boise State, multiple sets and, you know, multiple weapons. They don't have that, you know, uh, Khalil Shakir-type weapon on the outside for bubble screens and reverses and stuff. But the offense is much more uh, varied and... Um, nuanced and more Boise-like, if you will, now than it was when they when they started to turn it after that UTEP game. And now Boise State hosts a dangerous Utah State team on Friday that's won three in a row, that is bowl eligible, that's gotten healthier in recent weeks. With the emotional win at Wyoming, Rich, clinching home field advantage in the conference championship game, is there the potential this could be a trap game for the Broncos on Friday? You know, we asked um, in our weekly call with uh, Coach Avalos, we asked him that question. And 
you know, because look, they've had a massive amount of injuries on the defensive side, especially the defensive line and pass rushers. Uh, you want to be healthy, obviously, for uh, Fresno State in the, the championship game on your home turf. But he said, look, we're, we can't afford to take our foot off the pedal because it's hard to get it back when you do that. Uh, we only know one way to play, and that's hard. He'll probably play a few more people than usual in this game. Uh, but they're well aware of, of a Utah State team that is kind of similar to Boise and that really didn't get off to a great start. Um, lost their quarterback in Logan Bonner, and even Cooper Lagav uh, was injured a bit. So I think I called it a game against Colorado State where one team was using their fourth-string quarterback, which was uh, Utah State, and the other team was using their third-string quarterback. So uh, this is a different Utah State team. They're great on special teams. They've got that, uh, that Art Bryles-type spread-and-run-it offense uh, and some playmakers on defense. So uh, it's, an, it's an interesting game in that Boise State doesn't want to take their foot off the pedal. They want to continue to keep growing with Taylor Green. And, and, and Utah State's obviously bowl eligible now, so not much to lose. But, boy, it would look great on their resume for you know, bowl selections and you know, an opportunity to say, hey, we beat the champs. Uh, on their blue turf because Boise State is going to play for that championship in two weeks. Rich Waltz of CBS Sports looking ahead just a bit to the matchup in the Mountain West Championship. Boise State and Fresno State on the blue turf for the fourth time in 10 Mountain West title games. It's the Broncos and the Bulldogs. Jake Hayner and that explosive Fresno State offense going on the road to Boise. What do you see for that matchup and what's going to make the difference? Well, I mean, they won, right, Fresno State won there. uh, just a few years ago for a championship, um, which was a huge win. Um, that was before I believe Jeff Tedford stepped aside with, with medical issues and Kaylin DeVore took over. Uh, I went back and looked at the box score because they've played this year and it went Boise's way in a big way, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, but Jake Hayner didn't play in that game. Obviously Fresno's season has been affected by his injury. He's just an incredibly gifted thrower leader. Uh, he's the guy. In that game, uh, Boise State ran for 316 yards. Hawani went for 157. Genty went for 109. Green went for 32. Uh, Logan Fife played quarterback for Fresno State, threw for just 134. I think that changes, obviously, with Hayner, which should mean uh, uh, more room for, for the Jordan Mims and the Logan Fifes of the world, uh, or excuse me, the, the Jordan Mims and, and, the, and the rushing game. Um, and then look, uh, it's, it's a really interesting, I mean, if you took like the first four games of these two teams or five games and, and looked at them and said, you know, they're going to be playing in the mountain West championship game. That would have been nuts. I mean, Boise state looked like they were dead in the water after Utah. Hayner goes down and you're like, eh, Fresno state. I don't think they're going to, you know, win the division. It's going to be San Diego state or San Jose state. And yet here they are. So. Uh, I think the ability of Fresno State to stop the run defensively and for um, for Boise State, they're going to have to deal with a one a really, really talented quarterback. And obviously, you know, the receivers get better, the, the, the Jalen Croppers and those those folks. So it should be a really fun game, for number one. But just a game that, you know, five weeks into the season, you thought had no chance that it'd be these two in that game. 
Yeah, certainly the case. All right, Rich, last thing. And uh, I know national broadcasters love having to answer questions like this so they can make fans mad. But, Rich Waltz, using whatever criteria you like, tell me, what is your favorite stadium in the Mountain West? Favorite stadium in the Mountain West? Huh. All right. Um, uh, I may break it down into categories. Good. I mean, look, San Diego State is beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I did a game there this year. Uh, it, it, you almost, I mean, it's, it's so new and so nice that it's in its own category. So that's the nicest stadium in the league right now. Most fun to call a game in. Um, hmm. I go, um, there's some really nice, Utah State's, uh, you know, booth. And stadium, when they've got it going, is a really cool place to call the game. Mm-hmm. Wyoming, as old as it is, when you get to Wyoming and it's snowing and there's 20,000 people, people with their shirts off and, and all of that, that's a great place to call a game. Um, hmm, I know they're remodeling Air Force, so I'll hold them out of that uh, this discussion. And Fresno State is, uh, you know... Fresno State can really be uh, electric in in terms of the crowd. And part of it is I think they sell alcohol there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. My second favorite place to call him is probably Colorado State. Oh, that's the um, Canvas Stadium. That's a beautiful facility. It is a beautiful stadium, and that's uh, that's almost unfair to the others. So you know, look, Canvas Stadium, San Diego State. They're brand new. The booth in in um, at Canvas Stadium is a NFL-caliber television booth. It's huge. has all the bells and whistles. That's a great, great place. Uh, the, the, uh, of the rest of the field, I'll go Wyoming as an uh, underrated place to call a game and see a game. It's hard to get to, and it can be cold and snowy, uh, but it's a, just a great old venue and, and has a lot of history. And, and the people that and to go to a game there, people oftentimes have to drive five, six hours through bad weather. So they're invested already when they walk through the doors and they, they get their money's worth when they're in there. Rich, that was a great answer. I think you mentioned enough stadiums that not that many fans will be mad at you. Uh, there's a few I didn't mention. They may be mad. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Waltz, everybody. CBS, he'll be on the call Friday morning, 10 a.m. Utah State at Boise State. Rich, excellent job as always. Uh, we appreciate the time so much. Have a great call Friday morning. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. For one final time, a conversation with outgoing Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson is next after this. This is Jeff Tedford, head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Jay Norvell, head football coach at Colorado State University. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. After 24 years on the job, Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson stepping down effective December 31st, the only commissioner the conference has ever known. Thompson started in 1999 and oversaw every bit of Mountain West history that you and I know. Wrapping up his last month on the job, Commissioner Thompson, nice enough to give us a few minutes today on This Week in the Mountain West. Craig, welcome back to the show. Nate, great to be with you. You know, we appreciate all that you've done to promote the Mountain West through these years, and uh, 
a strong advocate and voice for us. But, uh, you know, a lot of wonderful things have, have happened, and there's going to be a, a very bright future for the Mountain West Conference going forward. Yes, obviously, aside from the Mountain West Radio Network, as you wrap up your tenure as Commissioner of the Mountain West, what are a few of the items you are most proud of from your time leading the conference? This sounds really weird, Nate, but just keeping the league going. Uh, you know, we started with, with eight, I'll call them dissidents from the WAC back in 1998 that said this 16-team format's not working, so let's do something different. And, uh, you know, we, we went through the loss of, of TCU and Utah and BYU. Um, we, we added a number of institutions. Our membership has, uh, has fluctuated a little bit, but everybody in, in uh, college football and certainly in the football bowl subdivision ranks. But, you know, basically just uh, keeping the league moving forward, progressing, uh, keeping the membership intact. There were, uh, ironically, uh, uh, overtures from a lot of people to have left the Mountain West Conference, and those may still be continuing today. But, you know, just keeping the league moving forward and uh, and progressing, I think, is, uh, is has been a real plus. Where do you rank the expansion of the college football playoff as an item that you say, I'm glad I checked that one off before I was done? At least 1A, Nate. I'm not sure if there is a 1B. You know, I, that was something that uh, I've told people I spent a little bit of every day for 24 years pushing for BCS and or CFP expansion and certainly towards a playoff. We presented a couple models back in the uh, mid to late 2000s. Uh, Utah crashed the party in, in 05 in the Fiesta Bowl playing uh, Pittsburgh. And, you know, just uh, the opportunity for the Mount West institutions, I'm just tickled that uh, Troy Calhoun and Craig Bowl and Andy Avalos and all will be able to look at their kids next, uh, well, maybe not next year, but in year 13 for sure, um, and say, you know, if you win the Mountain West Conference, you have a chance. This league is strong enough to be one of the six guaranteed highest-ranked conference champions. You will be in the playoff, period. And uh, that's such exciting news. And, you know, it's something that uh, is, is great for the Mountain West, but also really good for college football. Absolutely agreed. Now, Craig, a large part of the job of a conference commissioner, you have to be a consensus builder. You have to get all these institutions to share some form of common vision, even though they are competing entities with their own sets of priorities. As you wrap up your time on the job, I can ask you, how do you do that? Well, you know, you, you count noses going into meetings. You know what the issue is. You, you try to understand here's where this vote is probably going to go. Here is the outcome potentially. But, uh, you know, the conversation can change in the meeting room and, and you, you switch gears. But, you know, the, the one thing that we hear constantly is you favor them. You gave them an advantage. It couldn't be further from the truth. Every single decision that's made, uh, and you know, the 36 years I've, I've been a Division One commissioner, is is balancing that advantage disadvantage. You don't want to give anybody uh, a, a break, and so you know, it's perceived by fans and others that you know you might favor one institution or this this decision gave them an advantage uh it's totally something that's that's avoidable and that we spend a lot of time and concentration on to not do 
on, on any and every issue. You know, along those lines, Craig, and you know this, everyone has an opinion on how you should do or should have done your job. Media, fans, Mm -hmm. anyone with an internet connection, we're all convinced we're way better at this than you are. What about this job, the commissioner of a geographically diverse Group of Five athletic conference in an era of exploding revenues and competing visions and survival for a lot of these programs? What would you like all of us to know about how it's done? Well, that's a very good question, Nate. And, you know, we we have six schools, six institutions that have been playing football since the 1890s. Uh, it's, it's 2022. That's a long time. And we might not have had the biggest budgets. We've never had the biggest budgets, uh, the shiniest, uh, the, the newest. But, you know, we try. We've built new stadiums. We've, we've increased our infrastructure and built uh, buildings to help in recruiting. And, and facilitate the student-athlete experience. But, you know, it's not always about the money. It's the drive, and it's the heart, and it's the spirit. And, you know, I, I have said many times, you know, we're not going to win the, the budget war necessarily. But, you know, the oldest cliche in the book, dollar bills don't make tackles or block shots either. <laughs> so that's not necessarily the end all. I, I think it's the fact that, that we are in a beautiful part of the country, uh, I'm looking out my window today in Colorado Springs. I don't see a lot of homes. I see Pikes Peak. There's mountains. Um, so, so you know, maybe that's a disadvantage. It could be used as an advantage. We're, we're regional institutions, uh, public institutions, serving a purpose for our communities and our states. And, uh, you know, we, we might not win the national championship, but we're going to compete hard. We're going to play hard. And we're going to do the best we can with the resources that are available to us. You talked about realignment at the very top of the conversation. Was that the greatest challenge that you have faced as commissioner of the Mountain West, the just constant winds of change? It was one of them. It certainly it has been a factor for 24 years. You know, we, we had a situation where a couple institutions announced they were leaving the Mountain West but never ended up leaving. Uh, we tried to convince them that, that that wasn't necessarily the right move and, and that league never materialized, so it, it would have been false anyway. And, you know, most recently, uh, you know, other people in the Mountain West were approached, and, and I understand certainly people are interested is what might the Pac-12 do, what might the Big 12 do, is there an opportunity for my school, my institution to, to move to a higher-profile league with with better financial resources. You know, all those things are just commonplace in college athletics these days. And, you know, that is something, again, that uh, uh, there's not a lot you can do. People have asked many times, you know, well, what are you doing to, to prevent them from leaving? There's not a lot that can be done. You can talk about them, show them the advantages of the Mountain West versus a potential move. But, you know, if, whether it be finances, whether it be the, the television package, whether it be, uh, you know, branding, national branding opportunities, you know, there's just some things that uh, we, we cannot compete with. But again, we, we just try to make it the best. I think Utah and TCU are great examples, and, and BYU most recently in the Big 12 soon, that they invested, they spent the money, they made the appropriate uh, uh, financial commitment to improve their lot and to uh, put themselves in a position that they were attractive to other leagues. 
What do you see for the future of the Mountain West now with Gloria Navarez taking over as your successor? You know, I hope that we continue on and keep keep fighting for, uh, you know, that act. We, what we need to do, uh, what my advice to Gloria would be is invest in football and then invest some more in football and get into that position that we are the one of the six champions, highest rated champions year in and year out, guaranteeing ourselves a spot in the playoff. Um, you know, for many years, we were the number one team, the BYUs, the Utahs, the TCUs, uh, it, many through the 2000s and 2010s. And so, uh, you know, just just keep that commitment towards the sport. The, the sport of college football is literally the backbone of college athletics. Uh, maybe men's basketball turns a profit. Uh, there might be another sport or two on each campus. But for the most part, college football funds your athletic department. We have to be vibrant. We have to be strong. We have to be uh, resourceful. Craig, last thing I want to ask you about, whether it's a game, a season, a team, a student athlete, do you have a favorite athletic memory or two from the history of the Mountain West? Boy, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think the uh, the Sugar Bowl might stand out there, uh, leading Alabama 21 nothing in New Orleans, uh, seven minutes into the game, not having even uh, uh, run the ball. I think they were all passes. You know, that was a phenomenal game, obviously, the Rose Bowl. But, uh, you know, there, there's just so many wonderful student-athletes. The most memorable to me is, is when we get the notes from the student-athletes uh, and or coaches after a championship, whether it be golf, tennis, track, whatever, that this was a phenomenal event. Thank you. We had a great experience. This was big time. This was first class and uh, love the opportunity to compete. Those are what it's all about, right? We we don't even have jobs, Nate, if, if it's not for the student athlete. That's well said. Craig, Thank you for everything. Thank you for all that you have done. And, you know, enjoy what's next, because every time I've spoken to you over the years, we've discussed family, and I'm happy that you'll get to spend so much of your time with them going forward. Thank you so much, Craig. Appreciate it, and good luck to uh, you, Nate, and uh, best wishes to the Mountain West Conference. And up next, we preview the entire Week 13 schedule here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Brent Brennan, head coach of the San Jose State Spartans. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Andy Avalos, head coach of the Boise State Broncos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Week 13 in the Mountain West, the final week of the regular season, gets underway Friday morning on CBS. Rich Waltz and Aaron Taylor have the call as Utah State visits Mountain Division champion Boise State at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. We'll follow that up with New Mexico and Colorado State playing for momentum headed into the offseason at 1.30 Mountain Time on CBS Sports Network. And we wrap up the Friday triple header at 7 p.m. Pacific 8 Mountain as Craig Bull's 7-4 Wyoming Cowboys visit West Division champs Fresno State on FS1. Then the Saturday triple header gets rolling at 12.30 Pacific, that's 10.30 a.m. in Honolulu, with Hawaii at San Jose State on Spectrum in the Team One Sports app. 
We followed that up with the battle for the Fremont Cannon Nevada at UNLV at 3 p.m. Pacific on the Mountain West Network, available at the MW.com. Both of these Silver State rivals desperate for a win to finish this season. The Wolfpack has dropped nine in a row. The Rebels have lost six straight. And we close it out with a good one in Week 13. Air Force at San Diego State on CBS Sports Network at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 o'clock Mountain Saturday night. Both teams bowl bound, looking to finish out the regular season on a high note. And that will do it for the Week 13 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Kreckman. Thank you so much for listening, and a happy Thanksgiving to one and all. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.